It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify and everywhere where you listen to this show and every show on the Locked On Podcast Network. And starting on Monday, you can find every single episode of Locked On Panthers on YouTube. But don't wait until Monday. Go to YouTube.com right now and go subscribe to Locked On Panthers. There's two of them. There's the Locked On Florida Panthers, the red icon, and there's the Locked On Carolina Panthers, this show. The blue icon. You got to figure it out. Carolina Panthers blue. Go ahead and click on that one. Click subscribe. And then starting on Monday, every single episode of Locked On Panthers will be streamed right there on YouTube. You can still, again, listen to the show if you prefer. Just listen to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you've been listening to the show throughout this entire time. But if you want to watch the show for whatever reason, uh, you can do that on YouTube. Did not know that YouTube was a place where people were watching and listening to podcasts. But I've been told that's one of the fastest growing podcasting platforms out there. And I have never in my life listened to a show or a podcast on YouTube. But apparently that's what we're doing now. So go do that. Subscribe, please. We'll be available on Monday. Got the reviews from y'all from yesterday's show that apparently you don't want the Wentz wagon rolling into Charlotte, which is good. I know there's already a couple questions I've been asked for the Friday mailbag, which you can Tweet at me at Julian Council and DM me at Julian Council. But first, you can click the follow button at Julian Council on Twitter to get in those weekly Friday mailbag questions. But the reviews are in early reviews. And sounds like y'all aren't interested in having Carson Wentz come to Carolina. And I've already told y'all I don't really want him either because he's not good. And they just did the whole reclamation project. Yes, he's better than Sam Darnold. And if they can't identify an obvious upgrade from Sam Darnold, which I think Wentz is in a way but he's also not the long-term answer, then I would be fine with once coming in here on a very cheap free agent deal. After the cuts, Colt, after the Colts cut him, don't trade for him, obviously, Scott Fitterer. Don't be in on that deal. But after he gets cut, if they want to sign him to a couple million dollars or whatever it needs to be, so you can be a competition to Sam Darnold if that's the direction they want to go. And I'm more interested in that than trading for him, but I really am not interested in either Carson Wentz or Sam Darnold, which leads me to this kind of conversation I saw going on on Twitter on Tuesday. And thanks to Salesman, who listens to the show, one of the most spirited Panther fans out there, certainly on Twitter, he uh, put this poll out. And I was really surprised by the results. He asked, if the Panthers had unlimited resources to do one of the following, you could only, but then all caps, only pick one. Which would you choose? A, 
all in on O-line and roll with Sam Darnold at quarterback, or B, all in on a stud quarterback and roll with the same 2021 offensive line. And looking at it, the results, when I first clicked on it and I voted, were overwhelmingly fixing the offensive line. It was about 64-36 or whatever the hell the split is there. Yeah, that's right. That was the split. Now, looking at it here um, as I record the podcast on Tuesday afternoon, late in the day, around 4-15, it's 59% who want to go all in on the O-line and roll with Darnold at quarterback, and 41% who would like to get a stud quarterback and roll with the same offensive line in 2021. I'm a part of that group. We just saw Joe Burrow, y'all. Take the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl with one of the worst offensive lines in football. I'm already on record at telling y'all that until they get a quarterback like a Burrow, like an Allen, like a Mahomes, it's not going to matter who is on the offensive line, who's at running back, who's at receiver, because they can only go so far. Look at San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo, a capable starter in the National Football League, but he is not any of the guys that I just listed and just talked about. Yeah, he can get you to the Super Bowl, but can he get you over the top? That's why the Rams moved off to Jared Goff to trade for Matthew Stafford because they knew that Jared Goff could not get them over the top. They had the pieces. They had Aaron Donald, possibly the best defensive player over the last 20 years. They have Jalen Ramsey. They have Cooper Cup, but they needed that quarterback to get them over the top. And the same thing in San Francisco. We'll see whether Trey Lance works out. But the quarterback is everything in this league. Yes, you have to protect him. And Cincinnati is going to go all in to protect their quarterback, just like Kansas City did after watching injuries torpedo their chances of winning the Super Bowl last year when they lost in blowout fashion against Tampa and that Super Bowl down in Tampa Bay. The quarterback is the most important position on the field. Yes, it gets overvalued oftentimes because if you don't have an offensive line, then you can only go so far, as we saw on Sunday afternoon, as Joe Burrow and at Bengals' offense was unable to do anything following scoring the first 10 points in that third quarter, and they could not do anything after that. It was like the last six possessions that they had, they were held to a field goal after getting that interception off of Matthew Stafford that went off of the wide receiver's hands. That was it. They could not do anything. And the last-minute drive, you thought they'd have a chance to tie the game, could not do it because the offensive line could not block Aaron Donald. So I understand. And I'm not really that surprised by the results because so many Panther fans have sat here for like a decade plus and watched so many bad offensive linemen that they are tired of watching it and they would rather get a new O-line and stick with Darnold for another year than go all in and get a quarterback, which I understand that in a way. But we also know that Sam Darnold's not the answer. And this is all hypothetical. This is not like it's going to happen. It's not an either-or situation. Like, this is actually how reality is going to play out. Because in reality, I don't see the Carolina Panthers getting one of those A1 type of quarterbacks, whether it's Deshaun Watson, if his legal stuff it gets figured out, whether it's Russell Wilson or whoever else might be available. I don't see that happening because Matthew Stafford didn't want to come here. So why in the world would those guys want to come here, especially when the Carolina Panthers are not positioned to insert a quarterback and then go and win it all. And you might be saying, well, you're contradicting yourself. No, 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 no. Give me the quarterback, and we'll figure everything else out later. The problem was last time the Carolina Panthers had the quarterback, they didn't figure everything else later. Everything else out later. They took forever to finally get him weapons, to get him an offensive line, or at least try and get him an offensive line. 
And by that point, he was already beaten and broken and damned, and now he's no longer here, and he's a shell of himself. The Cincinnati Bengals hope to God they can do something different and not let Joe Burrow suffer the same fate as Cam Newton and even as Andrew Luck up there in Indianapolis, who retired far too early. But the man got a lot of money, so he really didn't retire far too early, but a lot earlier than you would expect, especially a quarterback of his stature and, of course, at that position. So if you're asking me, would I rather have a stud quarterback who could potentially in the future hoist a Lombardi and the same offensive line in 2022? Or would I rather have Sam Darnold and a good offensive line? Give me the good quarterback every single day over Sam Darnold. I want a good offensive line. I've been preaching it for years. Get a left tackle, get a left tackle. Even when they drafted Burns, even when they drafted Derek Brown, I wanted a left tackle. I wanted it last year if y'all listen to the podcast. Panay Sewell or we riot. That's all I've ever wanted. But I also understand that a quarterback can mask a lot of things in an offensive line like the one in Cincinnati. Didn't really mask it, Joe Burrow did, but he got them pretty doggone far and almost to the podium with a bad offensive line. So appreciate that kind of content there on a Tuesday as I looked as I checked that out on Twitter. Panther Twitter is always a fun and also frightening place to be if you spend too much time there. How much time will Matt Rule spend here in Carolina? He's got a new staff. How much time does that buy him? Is it more than next season? Not so sure. We'll get into that here in just a moment. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, y'all. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up today and learn more about the actions and trends. Bet online, where the game starts. For listeners who served in or work for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering for the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater. That's www.marines.mil.clwater. There's a lot of new faces here in Carolina as Matt Rule has made a ton of staff changes. Some of them fired, four of them to be exact, and some of them deciding to leave on their own. Four of them to be exact. O.C. Joe Brady fired. Special teams coordinator Chase Blackburn fired. Offensive line coach Pat Meyer fired. And then recently hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers on Tuesday. Assistant offensive line coach Tony Sperano Jr. left. Defensive line coach Frank Ocam fired. Wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson, he's now in Pittsburgh as well. Tight end coach Brian Angelico, who originally was not allowed to interview elsewhere, has joined Kevin O'Connell, the former Rams OC, up in Minnesota with the Vikings, who continue to be a tight end coach in the National Football League. And defensive back coach Jason Simmons has left to go work with his buddy Patrick Graham, the new D.C. there for the Las Vegas Raiders. 
So eight out, eight in, meaning OC Ben McAdoo's here. Special teams coordinator Chris Tabor comes over from Chicago. Offensive line coach James Campen, formerly of 15 years there in Green Bay, last in Houston, comes over along with assistant offensive line coach Robert Kugler, who worked with Campen over in Houston a year ago. Wide receiver coach Joe Daly comes from Boston College in Chestnut Hill. And tight end coach Kevin Gilbride, he gets elevated from a defensive analyst to tight end coach in Paul Pascaloni, who's been in football for 40-plus years. The guy cannot quit. It is a narcotic to him. He's now here coaching the defensive line. And Steve Wilkes, the native son here of Charlotte, former defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers, back when Ron Rivera was here, former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, comes over from the University of Missouri where he had no business being in because he is an NFL type of mind. They now join Matt Rule. As Matt Rule has overhauled his staff and has seen a ton of changes and now is hoping that with this staff, he can turn things around in year three. A ton of experience, like we talked about over the last couple of days and weeks, and that was vital for Matt Rule to be able to find that because he did not add that kind of experience when he entered the league. And that was a problem. I understand wanting to commit to your guys and be loyal. Phil Snow's come with him everywhere. Evan Cooper's been his guy forever. Evan Cooper's also the same man who told him to get Teddy Bridgewater, which was not a bad idea until the owner decided to hijack things, which is why we're here with Sam Darnold and hoping and praying the Carolina Panthers can get the quarterback situation figured out this offseason. But now that Matt Rule has a new staff, how much time does that really buy him? And I said it to y'all when the conversation we had back as the season was winding down, the Panthers were losing their final seven games. Good Lord, I cannot believe that happened. About whether Matt Rule deserved another year. And I said to y'all that typically a coach is given the opportunity to make changes. He made the changes midseason, five weeks left in the season to go. He got rid of Joe Brady on a Sunday, ruining my Sunday as I planned on spending that Sunday uh, out and not worrying about this football team. But instead, I had to worry about this football team as they got rid of Joe Brady. Got rid of Brady, Meyer, as I said, Blackburn, and Ocam, and had to go find new hires. Now, I don't think we expected to see guys like Frisman Jackson leave after his wide receiver core struggled and to see Jason Simmons leave and then Pascaloni, or sorry, not Pascaloni, but um, Angelico leave. I don't think we expected to see all those departures, but when you have new coaches come in, especially a new offensive coordinator, you can sometimes expect to have different coaches and different changes coming to the organization. But the changes have been made which means Matt Rule is not going to get another opportunity to make changes like this again unless he has a ton of success over the next couple of seasons. If five years down the road after going to the playoffs five straight years and getting potentially to a Super Bowl, maybe winning a Super Bowl, but having success, and then he has one bad season, that might be the only opportunity Matt Rule could have to fix things again. Like, look at Sean Payton. Got to New Orleans, started winning games, won a Super Bowl, and then there was that period, three straight years, 7-9, 7-9, 7-9 with Drew Brees. Drew Brees is going to be a Hall of Famer. Sean Payton, we'll see, might be a Hall of Famer one day, but to have three straight years like that, they had to make changes. Something had to change. So that's the only way I can see Matt Rule getting another opportunity like this to make these wholesale changes and retain his job. Now it's win. Because that's all that really matters. It does not matter who calls the plays. It does not really matter who is coaching the offensive line. It does matter. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to get the players for these coaches to have an opportunity to succeed. We talked about Joe Brady. He did not have an opportunity to succeed because he was given Sam freaking Darnold as his quarterback. And the O-line was 
terrible. Don't want to say garbage. Don't want to say trash because they're human beings, but they were not good at all. And I'm so sick and tired of watching and hoping James Campen, fingers crossed, and his buddy Kugler can get the job done. But you have to have the players. And Matt Rule has not put himself in position, especially offensively, to have the players that can lead him to have success. So the coaching staff, that was the first box they needed to check. And I talked about this, to checking that box and free agency with the offensive line and potentially with quarterback and with the draft and the same positions and probably linebacker and safety and in that defensive end who can set the edge when it comes to stopping the run, all that. Those are the boxes that need to be checked. But the first one that had to be checked was the coaching staff. And I think he did a fantastic job with the hires. Now, of course, as I said, Ben McAdoo, not very inspiring, but it did lead to camping. And maybe Joe Daly might be an upgrade from what we saw the last seasons, last couple seasons with Frisman Jackson. We will see. But does it mean that he changed all these guys around that he's going to get an extra year now if they somehow don't make the playoffs next year? Hell no. If Matt Rule does not get to the playoffs next year, he's gone. And I would even go as far to say, if Matt Rule gets to the playoffs, that's great. But if they don't show that they are on the right track long term, like identifying a quarterback, then I don't know whether Matt Rule actually returns for a fourth year. Because, yeah, you can bring in Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins or somebody and get to 8, 9, 9, 8, whatever it is, win the division, since the division's probably going to be pretty weak next year with Tampa having to find a new quarterback, New Orleans with Dennis Allen as their head coach and trying to find a quarterback, and Atlanta, we'll see what that how that works out with Matt Ryan and with Arthur Smith in year two. But you're looking at it right now, and the jokes are, like, you could win this division at 8, 9, 7, and 10, 9, and 8. Is that going to be enough? Especially if he hasn't identified a quarterback, and if they – don't have someone where you're entering 2023 that offseason and thinking, okay, yeah, we got to the playoffs last year. We're going to build on that because we have our guy. If he doesn't, I don't really know if David Tepper is really going to sit there and think, yeah, we are actually on the right track. Because all you could do is go up. But did you go up enough? Did you win enough games? Did you show enough promise that things will be better in 2023? We will see how things play out. But I would not say that Matt Rule adding these coaches is giving him – more of a leash moving forward. Absolutely not. I wouldn't even say that he makes it through the season if they start struggling midseason. Good hires for the most part. But Matt Rule, he's got to find an offensive line. He's got to develop or find a quarterback or he's done. They can draft a quarterback if he wants. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it again. The quarterback, whoever gets drafted, is more tied to Scott Fitterer, in my opinion. Yes, it might. if it's Kenny Pickett, that's going to be certainly David Tepper and Matt Rule having influence. But Scott Fitterer is not going anywhere. Matt Rule stinks this year and they lose, he's gone. And that quarterback will be tied to the general manager and Scott Fitter, who will still be here in town. And whoever he hires as a head coach next year, if he gets the autonomy to do so, will be glued and tied to that quarterback. The quarterback that Matt Rule's tied to is Sam Darnold. And until he can untie himself from Sam Darnold and start winning games, it does not matter who he brings in to coach this football team because that will be the death of him here in Carolina. It's officially draft season, mock drafts, mock drafts, mock drafts. They're everywhere. And there was another one from your boy Matt Miller over at the Draft Scout. Also does some stuff for ESPN and had a little bit of insight. I tell y'all that some of these guys actually have insight. Some of them don't. Matt Miller's one of those guys who actually has insight. So check out what he thinks Carolina Panthers should do. And there was also one wild mock draft about what the Carolina Panthers should do at six. Meeting like not trading back, but trading up for a quarterback. Really? We'll get into all that here in just a moment. 
Hey, y'all, we are halfway through the month of February, which means we're that time of the year. We're pretty much you've given up on all of your New Year's resolutions, but we're not going to do that this year. We're going to stick to our resolution of eating right. And thanks to Built Bar, it almost feels like we're not really doing a resolution this year because they actually taste good and we enjoy eating them. Have y'all tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out because they are one of Built Bar's most tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's what I said. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, every single Built Bar out there is covered in 100% real chocolate, not just the Puffs. They're low calorie, they're high protein. They are so much more healthier for you than the typical candy bar. And at Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's the most annoying time of the year. That's right, me terribly singing and mock drafts galore out there all the time. Oh, my God. Oh, mock draft season. I hope you're excited as I am. And I probably should stop saying I don't like the draft season because I get a lot of people who, like, send me questions in for Friday. By the way, weekly Friday mailbag every single Friday at Julian Council on Twitter. Or DM me at Julian Council on Twitter. But first, again, follow me at Julian Council. On Twitter, they're always like, I know you don't like to draft, but let me ask you a draft question. Like, guys, I'm going to answer draft questions. It's not my favorite thing. Like, I like football for the football. I don't like potentially talking about like, hey, could this dude from Rice help us win a Super Bowl one day? Maybe. I don't know. It's a lot of wasted breath. A lot of this talk that we're going to have over the next mm, two and a half months. Before we finally get to, I don't even know what the draft is this year. Is it L.A.? Is it Las Vegas? Is it Cleveland? Where is it at this year? Um, either way, we're going to have a lot of talk about these prospects. And I love the college kids, man. I'm a college guy. I, I like all the college football. And I just don't like when they're mean to them. Like, don't talk about Kenny Pickett having small hands. Come on. He was fun last year. Let's talk about how funny he was last year. And let's not be mean. That's all I'm saying. Just be nice. Everybody love everybody. And the whole draft process is kind of tearing down. Some of these guys, even if they're building them up, also just talking about all the bad things about them as a player, and I just it really hurts my heart to see that. So, moving on, Matt Miller of the Draft Scout, he uh, actually does a really good job um, with that. He has a Substack. You should guys, you guys should absolutely subscribe to it. He also is on ESPN. At least he was last year. Not sure if he's going to be there again this year, but either way, he in his latest mock draft post Super Bowl has your Carolina Panthers taking at offensive tackle. Charles Cross, Mississippi State. He says, The quarterback talk will be real as the Panthers are expected to be very active this offseason, but for right now, their books still have Sam Darnold on them for the 2022 season. 
The word around the league is that a new offensive coordinator and an improved offensive line will be the key to Darnold's success in Carolina. Charles Cross and Taylor Moten as bookends will certainly help that. That, in a way, aligns with what Scott Fitterer said to us back after the season ended on that Monday during the exit interviews that they had to do something to help out Sam because they certainly didn't help him out when it came to the offensive line. And Sam Darnold certainly didn't help the team out by compounding the offensive line's mistakes with his own mistakes and his own boneheaded decision-making that he's been making now for five straight years, four years in the league in his last year at Southern California. But Darnold has promise. He has potential. It just has not come to fruition, and I don't believe it's ever going to come to fruition because I just don't think he's got it, whatever it is. If he could take care of the football, he certainly would be a lot better, but I don't think he's ever going to be the quarterback that David Tepper is searching for here in Carolina, so why even waste time? But here, I understand if they can't find that A1 type of guy, like I've said, then might as well just go for one more season, watch him flame out, and rule will flame out with him, and then go find a new quarterback and head coach next season, even if it is a lost year. But that does kind of jive with what we've heard. The one thing about that that I don't think actually aligns is you go back to what was a New York Post article from Ben McAdoo where he was talking about the quarterbacks from Sam Darnold's draft class, and he wasn't in love with Darnold because Darnold didn't have good mechanics. Now, McAdoo's here to work with Sam Darnold on his mechanics. He's going to be working with him or whoever comes here, but he's going to have to work with Darnold as long as he's here this season on his mechanics, and it will be his job potentially to fix Sam Darnold. That was supposed to be the job of Joe Brady and Sean Ryan and – that didn't work out, especially for Joe Brady, who had never coached quarterbacks. But either way, that did not work out. So we will see if Ben McAdoo can fix things. But I imagine with a better offensive line and better coaching, he can be better. Will he be better? Uh, I mean, well, not better. Will he be good enough? Probably not. And there lies the problem for the Carolina Panthers. So there's a thought there. I like the Charles Cross pick. I told y'all any kind of offensive lineman, I'm cool with that. Evan Neal likely not going to be there. Aquanu from NC State, who's a local kid, if that's what they like. Uh, I doubt it because they don't really evaluate. Well, now with James Camp in here and Kugler, we'll see how they evaluate offensive linemen moving into the draft. But Aquanu has kind of the same figure as uh, Slater or stature as Slater, who is playing left tackle now for the Chargers, who the Panthers saw more as a guard. And they're not the only people who saw him as a guard. There's other teams out there. And, of course, Mel Kuyper Jr., who's been right a lot of times and wrong a lot of times on these things, had him as a guard. And he now has a Quanu from NC State listed as his top guard in a draft. We'll see how the Carolina Panthers evaluate that. But I would be fine with Charles Cross. The one thing I won't be fine with, though, is this other mock draft that I saw. And I forgot who put it out there. I think it was from Bleacher Report or some nonsense. Not, not, it's not nonsense. Bleacher Report's not nonsense per se. A lot of good people who work there. But uh, like Matt Miller used to be from Bleacher Report. But I saw a mock draft where they had the Carolina Panthers trading to three. So from six to three to draft Malik Willis. Malik Willis, who evaluators have said will be overdrafted, whatever that means. But he will go higher than he should. Like, there probably is not a top 10 quarterback prospect in the NFL this year. Scott Fitter has already come out and said when he spoke to Darren Gann at Panthers.com, that number six, that point in the draft, that's when you take a shot at your quarterback if you believe in somebody. And I believe if they believe in Pickett or Malik Willis or any of the other quarterbacks that are available this year in a draft, that they will pick them at six if they really believe that's their guy. But Malik Willis at three, that's a lot. Last year, it made sense that someone would trade up 
uh, from where they were with Miami to get to number three to draft either Trey Lance or to draft Justin Fields or Mac Jones, any of those guys that they loved. And that happened to be the San Francisco 49ers. Did not disagree with it. He's going to start next year. We will see how that works out. Because they won a lot of games with Jimmy Garoppolo, but we also saw why Jimmy Garoppolo is not the long-term fit there in San Francisco, a place that's won five Super Bowls and expects to win Super Bowls and consistently be competing. And they're going to need to if Russell Wilson stays out there in Seattle, Kyler Murray gets over himself in Arizona, and of course, Matthew Stafford in it. I mean, McVay, I don't know what's going on there. If McVay is there still in Los Angeles. But trading up to three for Malik Willis? You could stay at six. It would be... Eerily similar to what happened back when the Chicago Bears were at third overall and they decided to trade up to two to draft Mitch Trubisky. Not saying that this uh, that's going to end the same way as Mitch Trubisky ended in Chicago, where it really wasn't his fault as Matt Nagy doesn't know what he's doing. And also Trubisky might not have been as good as the number two overall pick. I think that's obvious. Either way, they didn't have to do that, Chicago. They didn't have to give up those resources and those assets to do that. And the Carolina Panthers... I imagine, don't have to trade up to three to get Malik Willis. Because look at the teams ahead of them. They already have their quarterback. So why would you do that? And yes, I know, the team behind them, they could try and jump up. But what team is that desperate for any of the guys coming out this year? It's not like last season. It's not like a couple years ago. I don't see any team being that desperate to trade up and try and find their quarterback of the future. And the Carolina Panthers, damn sure, should not be one of those teams when they're sitting at six. They're going to get an opportunity to draft the quarterback at six. Like last year, they didn't have to move up. They had a, they had an opportunity at eight if they wanted one to take one. They decided not to because they had Sam Darnold already, and we'll see down the road whether that works out for them long-term, depending real. I mean, Darnold obviously is not going to work out. But we'll see if Justin Fields was that guy or if Mac Jones was that guy. Good rookie season. But how good is he really? We'll find out down the road. So the cross one that Matt Miller put out there, ton of sense. Very straightforward. Good insight there on potentially the Carolina Panthers rolling with Darnold for another year, which I thought at the beginning of it when they picked up his fifth-year option, what really when they traded away those assets, and I said it would make the most sense to pick up the fifth-year option because you didn't just give up three picks to only have them for one-year rental because if you did, why would you do that? It wouldn't make any sense to give up that much to only give up on them after a year, especially if you didn't pick up the fifth-year option. Like at the time, you're planning on having success with him and not putting yourself in a position where if he's really good, he could leave, which he wouldn't have left. You would have been able to franchise tag him or or sign a contract or whatever. I don't think it was going to be a worry. But $22 million over two seasons, $11 million per year for a quarterback is a good bargain. The problem is the quarterback was a terrible bargain because he's not a good player. But I understood why they did it. It still doesn't help them this offseason, and it's prohibitive in terms of trying to re-sign players. But Scott Fitter is someone who said that he has a plan. So we'll see what that plan is. So it does make sense that they are going to try and potentially work with Darnold again this year if they cannot find the right quarterback. And Scott Fitter again has said, we will not force the quarterback decision if we cannot find that guy who's going to obviously out. Now, that's me adding words, but he said, we're not going to force the quarterback decision. And then I'm going to add, if they cannot get a Rodgers, a Watson, Wilson, that kind of guy this offseason. So we'll see how things play out here as we still have two and a half months until the NFL draft in whatever American city it's in. Don't know. Should probably look it up. Also, it doesn't really matter. That will wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to re- review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify. And starting next week, 
will be on YouTube. So you can watch every single episode Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe to the show right now. Search Locked On Panthers on YouTube. Click the blue one. You guys have done a really good job already subscribing to the show. Hoping to get already, get, let's get it to 100 subscribers by moving it to Monday. Let's get, let's even blow by that. Let's get as many subscribers as possible right now. So when the show drops on Monday, you guys already have it right there. You can watch it. You can send it to your friends. Would love for y'all to do that. And I would also love for y'all to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because every Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But first, you can click the follow button there on Twitter at Julian Council. In the meantime, take care, be safe, and I will talk to y'all on Thursday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.